Hello and welcome to the Korean Beauty Show podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Lee, K-beauty expert, founder of Style Story, where you can shop, learn and explore the world of Korean skincare and your guide to everything you need to know to dive headfirst into the world of K-beauty with confidence. So for this week's news headlines, uh, there was a couple of different things that have been floating around in the news that caught my attention recently, and they are about foreigners in Korea and about some Korean shows that are getting remade overseas. So I'll, I'll start off with that one. Now, Variety was reporting that Get It Beauty is going to be having an American remake. So Get It Beauty is a really famous show that launched in Korea all the way back in 2006. It has run for 18 seasons. And what it is, is it is a lifestyle show, a very popular one hosted by three beauty icons. And they invite a whole range of different beauty specialists onto the show. We're talking makeup artists, hairdressers, trainers, all sorts of different specialists who then demonstrate and do tutorials for the live audience. Uh, And Obviously, any show that's been running for 18 seasons, you can pretty much guarantee that the reason it's been going for so long is because it's popular, people enjoy watching it, people tune in for it. Uh, And, you know, it is one of these programs that has made the people that have appeared on it quite famous. It has been the reason that a lot of products have gone on to become commercially successful as well. They run lots of different tests, blind tests and things like that. And they give, you know, awards and things like that to certain products. So Variety was reporting that apparently there has been a deal agreed to in which Get It Beauty is going to be adapted for the US market. So that caught my attention uh, and I will be interested to see how they're planning to do that. Obviously remakes are, I feel like, everywhere at the moment. Everything seems to be getting remade, whether it's like songs, uh, dramas, so many dramas. I know that's a very popular thing in uh, Asian dramas as well. There's a lot of K-dramas that will be a remake of a Chinese drama or a Taiwanese drama or a Japanese one. Like that's been a thing for ages. So if you have ever seen Get It Beauty or if you've heard about the concept and have wanted to get into it, then I guess keep your ears peeled for more about what exactly this is going to entail. Uh, But suffice to say, I'm interested. I want to know what this is going to be about. Uh, And yeah, so I saw that in the news. And then the other thing that I saw that caught my attention was the Korea Times ran an article in English talking about how K-beauty standards are affecting foreigners living in Korea. And this is a topic that I've seen floating around, doing the rounds in a lot of different places. Uh, It's become, I don't know if it's like a trend on TikTok or whatnot, but I've seen so many more videos popping up in my, you know, suggested videos about foreigners. And that includes people who are, you know, ethnically Korean, but maybe grew up overseas, people like Korean Americans and whatnot, talking about the impossible beauty standards and how much they have struggled with them. So I thought this, this was an interesting article. The reporter is a foreigner living in Korea, and she had evidently gone out and spoken to a lot of other foreigners living here about some of the 
I, I don't know, I guess struggles that they've had, things that they've experienced, comments that have been made to them. And she interviewed both men and women. So I'll, I'll put a link to the article in the show notes. Uh, but I shared this on my Instagram stories last week and I had a couple of people DM me and be like, oh my gosh, like if this happened in my country, this would be crazy. You know, like some of the people were quoted about um, being told that they were too fat, that they should eat less, uh, that they should copy the behavior or eating habits of their other colleagues who are slimmer than they are. Uh, And I must say, I read the article and not a single thing in there surprised me one bit. Uh, That is definitely how you know you've been living in Korea too long. Uh, It's been, I've been living here now over seven years. uh, And that's technically my second time in Korea because I did uh, a semester of university here all the way back in 2011. So I have been exposed to not only Korean beauty standards, but I guess Korean culture more broadly for, you know, coming on close to a decade now. So unfortunately, none of this really surprised me. But the article was talking about how absurd a lot of the beauty standards are for women, the, you know, ideal appearance is a slim figure, really pale skin that is not always natural to Koreans, I guess. Koreans get fabulous tans. I always get so jealous when I see any Korean that has gone in the sun for a while because it's the the standard of beauty that I'm used to, particularly coming from Australia where everyone faked hands, you know, pale skin is not considered beautiful where I'm from and my skin is ridiculously pale. So I have spent most of my life trying to go the other way uh, and, you know, having to mess around with fake tans and spray tans and everything like that. Uh, And so I always, you know, talk to my friends about this. I'm like, oh gosh, if I had been born with your skin color in Australia, I I would have been so popular. (laughs) And they're like, no, I want your skin color. You know, this is just one of those things that, you know, the the standards are different everywhere you go. Uh, But for Koreans, it can be a lot harder to obtain that really, really pale skin that they love. Uh, Distinctive um, and large eyes. They really like the double eyelids. Uh, You'll hear people talk about the V-lined face shape. All of these things are in vogue, but they are not in nature for the vast majority of people. I think that would be fair to say. Uh, Not everyone, in fact, most people are not born with these features naturally, particularly when it comes to things like the V-lined face and double-lidded eyes and, uh, you know, a high nose bridge and a flawless figure and really pale. Like it just, the list goes on and on and on. So this article was talking about that and how these kind of standards have had an impact on the foreign that are living in Korea, working here, and the interactions that they have with people in their daily life. Uh, You know, she spoke to a couple of people of color who were just like, well, how am I supposed to fit in here if, you know, the standard is uh, flawlessly pale skin? That is not me. I am a person of color and I'm never going to fit into that. Uh, Some people recounted experiences of being given diet pills uh, and a couple even said that they had developed full-blown eating disorders uh, from living here. So lots of different things uh, that were, you know, it's really sad to read about, to be honest. Uh, But I have experienced not necessarily myself being, uh, you know, told I'm, I'm too fat or anything like that. But I have seen it happen to other people in my circle. I distinctly remember one time when I was still working here uh, in Korea as a lawyer that a colleague of mine came back from holidays. And I don't know how long he was on holidays for, like not 
that long. And someone else remarked to him that they knew he must have had a good time on his holidays because, and they made a little pooch symbol, like he'd put on a bit of weight on his holiday. And he just laughed it off. He was just kind of like, meh, whatever. But, you know, you can imagine if you hear that kind of thing often enough that that would totally really get to you. I have been you know, shopping with friends before, foreigners who are maybe bigger than the standard Korean size. And we try and walk into a store and they just run up, the the store attendants will run up and just shake their head and just be like, we don't have anything here for you. Uh, You know, we don't have anything in your size. And that is, you know, for one, how do you even know that the person is shopping for themselves? They could be shopping for someone else. Like, that kind of thing is just pretty par for the course. Uh, and, you know, these are not jobs uh, that people were talking about where you need to be a particular weight or, you know, your um, athleticism, you know, comes into it. Obviously, in certain sporting arenas or things like that, if you're doing, you know, a, a professional kind of job, maybe there are some times when, you know, being really unhealthy is going to impact your performance, uh, but certainly not at a law firm <laughs> and certainly not when you're, you know, shopping around for clothes that may or may not even be for you. All of this kind of stuff is just very, very commented upon. Uh, appearance in general, I would say, is uh, definitely far more commented upon here in Korea than it would be considered appropriate in other countries, uh, particularly in Australia. It's just it's very, very rare for people to tell you, oh, my gosh, you're so pretty or, you know, you're so handsome or anything like that. That is just so, so rare, whereas I feel like that's brought up a lot here. You know, my my daughter at her school, she's called the, the Ipun Chingu, the pretty friend, which is wild to me because you would never do that. You never say that to anyone uh, <laughs> where I'm from. That is just like commenting on people's appearance in general is just a big, big no-no. Uh, you know, if you are attractive or whatnot, people will say to you, like, are you a model? Are you an actor? You look like you should be on the screen. Um, you know, just comments like that. And even the good comments, if you are told, you know, that you are very attractive or something like that, it still has the same effect on you in that everyone is you know that your appearance is at the forefront of everyone's mind. Uh, And I think that's just as detrimental in the long run because it's really telling you that the appearance is the thing that counts more than anything else. Uh, So look, that is an unavoidable part of the culture. It's an unavoidable part of living here. Um, You just can't get around it, you know, Uh, particularly with, with things like comments about what you're eating or not eating or anything like that. It's just far more accepted here to say those kind of things than it is in other countries. Uh, people think that they're doing people a favor, that they're looking out for them. You know, you should you should um, concentrate on your health, focus on your health. Uh, you know, people say those kind of things under the guise of, well, I'm just trying to look out for you. So if you were to turn around and, you know, say, don't say that, or I can't believe you just said that, people would probably think you are crazy, <laughs> you know, um, particularly if it's coming from someone high up than you in like a company setting there is just no way you can get away with turning around and telling them to shut up or stop commenting that is just 
absolutely uh, a career killer. It would be the quickest way to get yourself just out of a job or certainly out of favor with the higher ups. Uh, You just would not do that. Uh, Korea has a very hierarchical culture and there's just no way that you could speak that openly and freely to your bosses in most company settings. Uh, Obviously not companies that are run by foreigners. Uh, That's very, very different. Uh, Global companies, multinational companies tend to be a little bit different. But uh, yeah, these these are all things that I have witnessed firsthand, that I've experienced, that I've seen other people experience pretty much every day. So uh, that article for me rang particularly true, uh, and it's not surprising to me that foreigners struggle with the, the beauty standards here. Uh, it would be nice to think that you know, you would be immune from it either because you don't speak Korean maybe or because, you know, you're a foreigner anyway. Um, I think one of the big things that a lot of foreigners who've been here for a while struggle with is that no matter how long you live in Korea, how much Korean you speak, you will never ever be accepted as anything other than a foreigner. Like we are always outside of the society. We are never considered part of Korean society. Um, And, you know, on the one hand, that can help with things like this, but the reality is that it will get to you one way or another, even if you do know that you're a foreigner and that you're you're never going to be accepted, you're never going to be a Korean. Like you could have Korean citizenship here as a foreigner, particularly as a white foreigner or a person of color, and nobody would ever consider you to be Korean. That is just a fact. Um, so I think it is. Um, I thought I thought that it was an interesting article. Go and read it and tell me what you think. I'm sure a lot of people will find this quite shocking. Uh, the the conversation and the discourse that's going on here is just so different from what I see in the Western media. Um, it's just, yeah, it's like comparing two different planets, but it's just a cultural difference. I'm not sure how it could change. Um, yeah, I don't really have any, any opinions to proffer on that. I really don't know um, if it's the kind of thing that talking about it or talking about how it makes people feel might help. I'm not sure. Um, But yes, I saw that article. I thought it was very, very interesting because I've seen so much of this happen firsthand. So I thought I would bring that up and just share that with you in case you also find this interesting as well. But I think that is probably the darker side of some of the stuff that we talk about on the show here. Uh, And, you know, that's, I guess, we probably shouldn't ignore that. This is a podcast about Korean beauty. And while there are many, many good things and things that I love about it, some of this kind of stuff is a little bit darker. Another thing that I will be talking about shortly on the podcast that some people will probably be interested in is uh, the plastic surgery culture and how that all ties in. I haven't done that before, but I'm going to do that. So stick around and stay subscribed if that's something that you are interested in as well. All right, now over onto the Style Story website. Let's shake it up a bit and have a look at some of the new K-Beauty products that have just launched. And I have two eye creams for you. The first one has already been selling very quickly, even though we just launched it. And that is Pyongkang Girls 
eye cream. It is their concentrate eye cream. Uh, so this one is very, very cheap and cheerful, which I think is why it's selling so quickly. We've got it for 20 Australian dollars on the site at the moment. Uh, and Pyongkang Yul is one of these brands that was inspired by Eastern medicine. Uh, and they're trying to use uh, ingredients that are quite gentle on the skin and try and avoid a lot of ingredients that tend to trigger things in people. So that is their brand concept. Uh, and this is, as you would expect from the brand, a low pH formulation that is uh, not going to irritate your skin. And it's designed to just help to moisturize the skin, which is particularly thin around the eye area. And in particular, it is good for sensitive skin. So go and check that out if you're looking for something like that. The other product is from Han Skin, and this is their collagen peptide eye cream. Now, it contains 80% collagen extract with 20% of peptide, and it's actually got 20 different types of peptides as well. It can be used as a facial cream, which is similar to how AHC's eye creams can be used. AHC is very famous for its collection of eye creams for the face. So this is a similar concept to to that. So it will also target the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles around your eye and help to soothe and hydrate the area as well. And the good thing about this one is that it absorbs really quickly. So I think this one is going to be a good option for a lot of different skin types. So if you are in the market for a new eye cream, go and check out these two new releases on our website. And don't forget that when you shop with us, 1% of the profits from the sale of the products will go towards our pledge to 1% for the planet so that you can share your love of K-beauty with the planet every time you shop at stylestory.com.au. Okay, now the other thing is that we have had many new reviews, too many to read out this week, so I've just picked out three, but these are some reviews for products on our website. The first one was for Jellico's Cinnamon Toast Sugar Scrub Foam, and our reviewer gave it five stars, and she said, two products in one. I love how it turns from a scrub to a cleanser if you want. It's cool to have two products in one. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> and our second reviewer was reviewing Applebee's Hyaluronic Acid Serum, and she gave that a five star. And she said it's hydrating and cooling. I love the combination of ingredients in this product. Not only is it extremely hydrating and moisturizing, using ingredients that mimic what my skin already produces, the combination of niacinamide, adenosine, centella derivatives, and allantoin soothe my sensitive rosacea prone skin. And the niacinamide and sea buckthorn brighten my skin to make it look healthier and more alive. This product makes my other products work better and feel better on my skin. I can tell the difference when I haven't used it. I have purchased this product three times and although I always hesitate at the price, nothing has worked as well as this and the bottle does last me a long time. I think everyone should give this a go. What a very thorough review. Thank you so much. Uh, so that was for April B's Hyaluronic Acid Serum. The last review we had was for Jellico's Bubble Tea Steam Cream and our reviewer gave it five stars and she said, absolutely 
absolutely obsessed. I lost it after this product for so long because I'm a bubble tea addict and I loved the concept. After finally getting my hands on it, it did not disappoint smiley heart face. (laughs) I have extremely dry skin and this cream gave my skin so much hydration and also smells amazing. I cannot recommend it enough. So thank you very much to everyone who did leave their review. Uh, And remember that when you do leave your reviews, you can collect points that you can use towards your next purchase to get money off your purchase. I've seen we've had a lot of orders come through recently that are using up those points. So make sure that you do that. And if you ever need a hand working out how to earn points, how to redeem points, how to log into your membership accounts, anything like that, please just send us an email. We are at admin at stylestory.com.au. We can help you out. If you if it's all a bit too much, if it's a bit too tricky and you just can't work it out, just get in touch with our team and we would be more than happy to help. We get those emails not infrequently. So anything we can do to help, just let us know. Okay, I am going to leave it there. My recommendation for the week is to go away and actually have a look at that article that I that I was talking through because I just think that, you know, it is important to shed some light on some of these maybe less attractive elements of the industry. You know, it's not all sunshine and rainbows like it is in any industry, like it is in any country. There are always going to be, um, you know, darker sides of, of, of potential things that have a lot of benefit things that we really enjoy and I think that was one of them so that is my recommendation for the week is to actually go away and read that and you know let me know what you think about that let me know are you a foreigner living in Korea have you experienced any of this are you from another culture maybe that has this uh cultural tradition of you know telling people you know this is a big uh, topic I think in the western media at the moment Um, you know making comments about you know people's health or saying things you know about their weight and not uh, and whatnot under the guise of health Uh, there is an entire podcast that I really enjoy listening to called maintenance phase and that is literally all about these kind of topics and conversations uh, and debunking a lot of the myths around diet Diet culture in particular, uh, the maintenance phase of any diet is the phase where you're supposed to just be maintaining the losses that you have made. Uh, And uh, I started listening to the podcast because one of the hosts was previously the host of another podcast that I absolutely loved called You're Wrong About. And he moved on from that podcast and started hosting this one. And just because I really enjoy listening to him, I started listening to maintenance phase as well. And uh, it's really, really interesting, even though it's not the kind of thing that I would normally listen to. I feel like I've learned a lot about it. Uh, and so it was interesting to me just to compare the conversations that they were having over on that podcast to some of the things that were in this article. And it's just like night and day in terms of, um, yeah, uh, you know, people's reasoning and rationale and why they say the things that they say. So go away. I mean, look, tune into maintenance phase if you're interested in hearing more about that as well, I guess. That's a really good podcast as well. But yes, I will leave it here for today. And until next time, I will see you on Style Story. Bye.